Hey, everybody, if you want to tell the world something or sell the world something, head on over to Squarespace because they're going to help you build the website of your dreams. Say you want to sell some custom merch. Well, you can set up your online store, whether you sell physical, digital, or service products. Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. So go to squarespace.com stuff right now and you will face a free trial. And when you get ready to launch, use our offer code stuff and then you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. How could you go wrong with Squarespace? Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. Uh, With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Hi. And we have a guest producer, Matt, here today. In the hizzy. Yes. Yep. In the uh, leather wingback director's chair. Matt, who has gotten fan mail before. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did you know Lions and Scissors is back together? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Don't look at him. <laughs> He's right here. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's great news, Matt. Yeah. It feels weird to talk to you without looking at you, but right. I've been instructed to do so. That's the whole point, to just feel weird. All right. That's the point of life. Well, that's great. Yeah. You guys need to get a website together, Matt. He shakes his head yes. Yes. Uh, He's like, we got a MySpace page. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny that that's still being financially supported enough that it's up, that you can still access MySpace. Yeah, but have you seen some of the other stuff that's still up? Like, MySpace has got a long way to go. Oh, really? To fall off the radar. I'm interested to see when that happens. Me too. Maybe there'll be some sort of event. Yeah. Can you tell I'm stalling? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, that means everybody else can tell, too. Then, So we should probably start. Chuck. Yes. Um, have you ever seen the Simpsons episode, uh, The Twisted Life of Marge, Twisted World of Marge Simpson? Yes. The one where she starts selling pretzels? I think so. It's hard to keep them all, you know, straight. It is. It is. Well, um, in it, uh, Marge decides to make some extra scratch by selling pretzels, right? She No, she's a part of an investment club. Yeah. And um, the investment club gets a little crazy. And I think she's forced out of their PETA, Fleeta PETA franchise. Okay. It's I definitely PETA, did not see that. PETA food truck, basically. Right. She gets forced out, so she goes off on her own and starts selling pretzels. Well, she gets in bed with the mob inadvertently. And when the mob comes a calling, just in time, and the, they're storming the front door. Is it the mob guy that's always? Fat Tony. Yeah, Fat Tony. Um, the fleet of PETA ladies show up, and they want their cut mm-hmm. of her turf, I believe. Um, and it turns out that they've gotten in bed with the Yakuza. Ah. Yes, the Japanese that's mafia. That's pretty cool. And um, as the mob, as the Yakuza and the mafia are about to battle, uh-huh. the door shuts, and all you can hear is some stuff, and then the door opens, and everybody's like laying dead. And <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. That's a trope. But- after reading this article, uh-huh. how the Yakuza works, yeah. 
I would say that um, they probably, had they spoken before they fought, would have found that they had a tremendous amount in common. Yeah. And possibly wouldn't have even fought at all. Yeah. Maybe they would have um, had some uh, wine and sake. Or some sushi and pasta. Yeah. And broke bread together. Exactly. Or whatever the Japanese version of bread is. Bread. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the uh, intro to how Yakuza works. Very nice. That's a good one. Thanks. It is. uh, And reading this article, you're right. I was kind of like, you know what? It's just like the American mafia. It is. So there's like a there's a model out there yeah. for organizing crime. Yeah. And somebody figured it out at some point in time. Maybe it was the Japanese. Maybe it was the Sicilians. Maybe it was all independent. But the point is, it, it's out there. It's established. Don't try to mess with it. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. <laughs> yes, as far as organized crime goes, I guess you're right. Uh, the origins of the Yakuza, uh, mm-hmm. depending on which history you're following. Right. Um, if you listen to some of the clans, and they are clans, I guess I just gave that away. Well, clans, families, families. same thing. Yeah. Um, they might say, like, we have noble origins, mm-hmm. and we uh, descended from the Ronin, and we are more like your American Robin Hood, although he wasn't American. Your <laughs> English Robin Hood. Right. We're like Kevin Costner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, our lineage is, like, very proud and honorable. Um <clears throat> Probably a little bit of an inflated story, um, because the other side of the coin is that they descended from the Kabuki Mano, uh-huh. the crazy ones. Yeah. And be- these are basically, were like masterless ronin after the samurai. They were just crazy kids. Well, they were masterless samurai. Oh, were they? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And they would go around doing bad things with their swords. Yeah. Because they didn't have a, a uh, uh, what's it called again? Goal in life? No, the <laughs> the, the master, the... Oh, uh, a damyo. Damyo. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say that. But I can't I believe wrong. I did that from memory. I had it. Yumi's going to be so proud. But I doubted myself. Oh, you had damyo? I had it in my brain, but I doubted myself, which will make Emily proud. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got some, some political upheaval. I think a time of peace is what it was. And the yeah. samurai became basically useless and lazy. Um, yeah, and I guess that made them cranky because they started to do crime. Or they just kind of went into business, which is something the samurai didn't need to do because they were the political elite for a very, very long time. Yeah, very true. Um, They did their jobs too well. There was a lasting peace and then political upheaval, and then all of a sudden, they're just kind of out on the street. So, yeah, they're either going crazy cutting the heads off of peasants for no good reason. They're wandering around not cutting the heads off of peasants, but they're samurai, and you don't want to look at them wrong. Yes. Or they're samurai uh, who are selling apples on the street now, which is new to them. Or running gambling uh, casinos. Right. Gambling houses. Yeah. Uh, brothels. Yeah. Making money from, like, ill repute. Or legitimate ways. But the point is, is you have these people who are coming into the market who are coming in from the outside. Outsiders. Exactly. Like C. Thomas Howell. Right. Or Yakuza. Ralph Macho. <laughs> Stay gold, Yakuza. Um, and that's the, the Yakuza still wears that today. Kind of as a badge of honor. They're outsiders in Japanese society. Yeah, um, which we'll talk about the the Korean Yakuza <laughs> later. Is that how we say Korean now? Korean? Yeah. <laughs> You're from Georgia. <laughs> you sound like uh, Hank Azaria doing Billy Bob Thornton in Homegrown. <laughs> um, so the name uh, Yakuza, I thought this was pretty interesting. It actually reinforces that outsider status because it came from a game called uh, Oecho Kabu. Sounds good to me. 
And uh, it's similar to what we call Baccarat uh, in that the second digit of the uh, hand is where you get your point value. It's very numerological. Yes, it is. So you add up your cards. Yeah, and the second digit is what counts, like in Baccarat. Right, so if you have three sixes or something like that, you would have 18, and your hand would be worth eight because it's the second number, the Uh, last digit. Yeah, 16 would probably be more appropriate because that's actually two digits. A six is just one digit. You know what I'm saying? No. Well, if it's a two-digit number, it would be based on the second digit, right? Is it a two-digit number? I would think it would be like zero six. No, I think it's the last digit of your hand. So, like, for example, if you have a, in this case, you have um, an eight, a nine, and a three. Yeah. That equals 20, that your hand is worth zero. Okay. So it's the second digit or the last digit. Right. But a 16 would be worth six. Yes. But I guess there's no 16. <laughs> what well, am sure I there's, about? there's, if you had three fours. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. So you take, if you have a hand of three cards, <clears> you <throat> add them up and then whatever the last digit is. If it's a single digit, it's that. If it's a, du- if it's a two digit <laughs> number, it's the second digit. Boy, there are gamblers out there just like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're probably just like, guys, stay out of the casino. Yeah. S- stick to the shows. So anyway. Eight, nine, and three equals 20. That is zero points. That is a very bad hand. It's a worthless hand. And the Japanese words for eight, nine, and three, yakuza, yakuza. Meaning worthless or pointless in, in the yes, vernacular. A very roundabout, probably incorrect way of explaining that. So you've got a group of uh, people who know their way around a sword, mm-hmm. who suddenly are selling um, pachinko cards. Or women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or opium, I'll bet. Oh, sure. Um, and, uh, they are, they're very proud of this outsider worthless status. Yeah. You know, they're us, making themselves anti-heroes. Yeah, us basically. against the world. Exactly. Um, if you are a cop though, you're probably going to re- refer to the Yakuza as the, uh, Boryokudan. Yes. Which is basically is a degenerate gangster who has no sense of values or tradition. That's right. And that's a very big insult. You wouldn't want to call a Yakuza member that. No. Unless you, you know, were arresting them. And even then you may want to... Avoid it? Yeah. <laughs> depending I on saw it. that name thrown, thrown around a lot in the press, though, so... Did you? People aren't shy about it. I gotcha. I mean, I'm sure it's like being called a a mafia member. A hood. Or, yeah. A thug. <laughs> a heavy. Or in, in uh, the U.S., a degenerate gangster who has no sense of tradition or values. That's right. Uh, however, this article... Who wrote this? Was this Ed... Yeah, it was the a All right, yeah. figures. Um, he points out that the most direct ancestors come from uh, the 18th century. Uh, he called them quasi-legal businessmen. Mm-hmm. And they are known as uh, Bakuto and Tekia. So Bakuto is a gambler. Yeah, gamblers, peddlers, um, not like of the highest repute, I would imagine. Yeah, the Tekia is the, pe- the peddler. Yeah, I, I don't think they were either, but they were enterprising businessmen who, who knew how to make a buck, however... Yes, and eventually they decided, you know, if we organize ourselves into these clans, it might be better for business. Yeah, and they did. And a lot of the clans still have the names of these Bakudos and Tekias today. Can you name one? The Yamaguchi Gumi clan. <laughs> They're the biggest one, right? Yeah. Yeah, like 80,000 strong. 80,000 members. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, and we should also say that um, the, the that clan... If it has 80,000 members, 
it's probably assembled in, well, usually Yakuza is assembled in one of two ways. It's a straight-up clan, mm-hmm. and everybody's related, everybody knows one another, or it's a f- kind of a confederation of clans. Yeah. So if you have 80,000 members, it's probably the latter of the two. Yeah, I would imagine. So the Yamaguchi Gumi clan would be the nominal umbrella clan of several other smaller clans that are structured very much like a mafia family with a don at the head, but in this case it's called a kumicho. Yep, and it follows that um, a rough pyramid structure working its way down yep. to, uh, I guess, the lowest or the highest man on the totem pole, which would be uh, <laughs> just the, the the you know the heavy, the thug. Sure, carrying out the the tough the tough uh, assignments. The guy with the baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say they might use something else, but no, baseball's over there, so yeah. they might use two baseball bats for all I know. Right. And make them like whirl. And the only reason you know that is because of Tom Selleck. Uh, no. No? No, there's that story about the uh, KFC colonel that they threw in the oh, in the right. river yeah. in, I think, Osaka. Wow. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like... How much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Okay, so we've got the hierarchy, and the key to this hierarchy is something called the Oyabun-Koban relationship. Mm-hmm. And that is um, much like, I was about to say much like the mafia, but much like any structure where you have seniority, ideally you have a relationship between the higher-ups mm-hmm. and the people directly beneath them. Right. Um, and that is the case here with the Oyabun-Koban. Well, the Oyabun is, is the higher-up. Right. It's like a father-son relationship. Yeah. Or a um, den master-cub scout relationship. Or mentor-protege. Uh, Protege. Right. I was about to say mentee. <laughs> what, what's what's significant about this is that everywhere within the um, the yakuza structure, mm-hmm. this clan structure, everyone plays both roles, except at the very top and the very bottom. Yeah. So you are the uh, oyabon, the uh, father to the guy below you, mm-hmm. or the guys below you, and you're the koban to the guy uh, immediately ahead of you. Yeah. Like let me let me show you how to how to clean your gun properly. Right. Or your sword. Uh, do they still use swords? I imagine there's a couple that still use swords. It's throwback kind of thing. They don't use guns that much. Oh, no? No, I actually have a stat because I just got a little curious about gun violence. Yeah. Six guns for every 1,000 people in Japan compared to 890 per 1,000 in the U.S. 
No like, way. Yeah. And uh, in 2008, there were only 11 gun deaths in Japan. Yeah. Completely. And in the U.S., <clears throat> about 12,000 that same year. I'm surprised it's that low. 12,000? Yeah. That's pretty high. Um, I know. Yeah. I'm saying I'm still surprised it's that low. The thing about Japan is like they don't have a lot of crime, especially violent crime. Yeah. But when they do... It is gruesome, like little elementary school kids cutting the heads off other other ones and like planting it on the gate outside of the school. Or wow! People like Did that happen? Bath- yeah, people like on just killing sprees and like bathing in the blood of their victim and all that. Just like cr- the craziest stuff. It's like this very like straight laced culture yeah. that like has very strict rules. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, somebody just pops, and like really bad things happen. But it's very infrequent. Yeah, um, and I did find out, though, about two-thirds of the gun deaths, which I guess would only be about four people. <laughs> oh, no, two-thirds would be what? Out of uh, how many? Eleven? Eleven, like uh, eight-ish? Uh, uh, yeah, about that. <laughs> they come from the uh, from the Yakuza, which well, makes really? sense. Yeah. Like most of the gun violence is attributed to them. But um, there is a pretty good point in this article later on that um, they don't really have to use violence or even the threat of violence because a lot of the um, extortion schemes that they carry out are based on Japanese politeness. Yeah, I think the implied threat of violence is there, though. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah, okay. But they'll be like, we want you to, uh, or we strongly feel that you should uh, <laughs> contribute to this charity. That's not a real charity. Yeah. Um, so maybe you should write a check. And yeah. then people are like, well, of course, I want to help these. Throw in this golf tournament this weekend. That'd be really great if you were there at yeah. about 9 a.m. to tee off. Right. And the green fee's a million dollars. Sure. All right. So back to the Oyaban Koban. Uh, when they submit their relationship, it is done uh, in a ceremony mm-hmm. where uh, a third person, I guess named Spider, pours up some drinks, <laughs> um, pours sake, um, and I believe they drink from their own glass. Then they switch and drink from each other's glass. Yes. And then the Oyabun is allowed to get hammered, and I guess the Koban isn't. No, he just sits there and sips. Yeah, and I guess cleans up after whatever happens with the Oyabun. You know? That's exactly how they um, do the um, – that's how you get a sponsor in AA, but they use coffee instead of sake. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, oh, I mentioned the Koreans. <laughs> they are um, – they only make up 0.5% of the population, but I could, I was trying to find a good number. I found 10% of the Yakuza. And that's a pretty big disparity. Huge disparity, and apparently it's because in Japan, um, Koreans are, are looked down upon in many circles and disrespected, and, and you know, it's, it's racial uh, bigotry. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so they're outsiders, and so they identify, I think, with the Yakuza. Well, definitely, and then but that, that further strengthens the Yakuza's um, sense of being outsiders as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's also um, very good for business to have Koreans in your gang because a lot of smuggling between Korea and Japan goes on. Yeah. So it's practical as well as prideful. <laughs> um, and if you're a woman, um, don't count on playing ball very much in the Yakuza because no. you are marginalized – and you're not going to be doing a lot of uh, work unless it's um, as a prostitute <laughs> right. or a servant. Yep. Sadly. Yes. With one exception. Should we go to that exception? Yeah, might as well. Uh, Fukio Toaka? Yeah. 
um, Fukio Toaka, or Fumiko, sorry, Toaka, was the wife of uh, Kazuo Taoka. Man, I've been screwing their names up left and right. No, you were good up until this point. <laughs> Fu- Fumiko Taoka. I had it totally wrong. Um, she was the wife of Kazuo Taoka. And um, he basically, he ran the Yamaguchi Gumi, which is it's like such an adorable name. But they'll kill you. I know. It sounds like a little teddy bear or something. Right. Or like a whole line of teddy bears yeah. that are like slightly different from one another. But you have to collect all 800. <laughs> yeah. And there's trading cards, too. Um so uh, he ran that clan from World War II to the 80s. Not bad run. And then he died. Uh, and actually, in translated from the Japanese, that was like perfectly spoken. I, I, I turned into Tarzan for a moment. Um, Not bad run. So he died of a heart attack in the early 80s. And uh, Fumiko took over and became the first woman uh, Oyoban ever. And yeah. she, she held power for a few months. That's not very long. No, but... Sure. Like, she was it. The only one. No one had ever done it since, like, the 17th, 18th century. Yeah. No, 19th, 18th or 19th century to the 80s. No woman had ever taken over, despite Kill Bill. Yeah. There was no woman in power <laughs> at any point except for Fumiko. And even for a few months, it's pretty significant in this yeah, that's world, true. As, as I understand. Yeah, I wonder, I'll have to look into that, why she was, uh, if she was removed or if she was just like, this ain't for me. Right. I have no idea why she didn't maintain power, Very but nice. she didn't, but she held the claim together, as I understand, for several months. That's right. Um, one thing you do not want to do if you are in this uh, Oyabun-Koban relationship as yeah. the Koban is disappoint Oyabun because you could um, take part in the uh, Yubizumi. I would say Yubizumi. And that is when um, you basically screw up. They give you a knife and a bandage and say, you know what to do. Just go do it. And you do it. You yeah. uh, cut above or at the first joint of your pinky finger. Yeah. And um, you take it and, after you've bandaged it up and stopped screaming. Yeah. Um, and you take the finger and you present it to the Oyabon. Mm-hmm. Say, I'm really sorry. Let's just forget this ever happened. Can you please take me to the hospital? And he's like, yeah. Right. Looks good. And I'll bet if you really wanted to mess with your uh, Oban. Is it Oban? Yeah. Um, Oyaban. Oyaban. Yeah, Oban is like old lady, I believe, like okay. grandma. Um, Don't hand her your pinky. Right. <laughs> uh, it would be to just like pop it in your mouth and eat the guy's ah. pinky. Wouldn't that just kind of like consolidate like any fear that the person had? Yeah, for me it would. Yeah. For sure. Um, and apparently it is a symbolic weakening of... Uh, your ability to hold a sword. Yeah. I say it's not a very smart thing to do to, like, physically, you know, give someone a physical disadvantage that's on your team. Right. But I'm not making the rules. Well, it makes sense. It weakens your ability to hold the sword, but in that sense, it also it makes you more dependent on the other clan members to help protect and defend you. That's true. Like, I see your point, but yeah. I, I think it's cool, like... It's a pretty, uh, yeah. <laughs> symbolically, it's very cool, I think. Yeah, and apparently if you keep messing up, then they will um, go down more sections of your finger than if you lose all your pinky. Right. You're still screwing up. They'll move to your other finger. Yeah. And at that point, I guess you should probably rethink your you know, your he, way of doing things. It'd be like, um, do you remember the geeky guy from Greece? Uh, Kaniki? No, no, he was like just a a peripheral character. He wore glasses and he... Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Can you imagine that guy? 
after like two months in the Yakuza, he'd have like nothing left. He just runs into walls all the time. Uh Yeah. I wonder what he's doing now. I have no idea. After playing the nerd in like eight movies. Yeah. All right, Josh. What what do the Yakuza do? And I'll go ahead and set you up by saying they kind of do the same thing as the American Mafia. Again. Yeah. And the Italian Mafia and the Bulgarian Mafia and the Russian Mafia. Which I want to say, um, you remember how like the post-Soviet Russia mm-hmm. just fell into utter like lawlessness and the mob stepped in? Yeah. Apparently, the Yakuza went from like relative outsiders to like political powerhouses at the end of World War II for much the same reason. It was just there were, there were organized crime syndicates in place that were ready to fill the power vacuum that happened yeah. after the Japanese government was... Um, Cleaning up the mess? Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the same thing that happened when the Soviet Union crumbled. But that's how the Yakuza got where they are today. Opportunists. Yeah. Interesting. And the right place in the right time is another way to put it. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, so apart from gambling, uh, prostitution, um, you got your smuggling, mm-hmm. you got your firearms, you got your porno. Yeah. Uh, you've got the age old, um, <laughs> you got the age old, uh, protection fees. Yep. Which means pay me and I won't beat you up. Yeah, it's put way better than that, but that's what it amounts to. Yeah. Um, they also uh, recently have killed people. Um, Eleven two- of them. Well, no, killed. They don't get into politics that much, but they in 2007, the mayor of Nagasaki yeah. was shot and killed Jeez. by a senior member of the Yamaguchi Gumi clan. And um, In what year? 2007. Wow. Like murdered in cold blood on the street. And... Um, but it wasn't exactly a uh, Yakuza thing. Like, he was a senior guy in the Yakuza, so he ain't messing around. But apparently what happened is he was driving his car through a public works site mm-hmm. and drove through a hole and, like, damaged his car and could never get any restitution from the government. And he got mad and went and killed the mayor. Jeez. Yeah. And they think that's what it had stemmed from. How Pesci-esque. I know. Yeah, that's very Pesci-esque. Although he, no, I bet you would have been smarter because this guy was, you know, I don't know, he wrestled a, to the ground and he's a big hothead in casino. That's true, but he never got nabbed like that. No, but uh, this guy got nabbed, and they tried to make it a yakuza thing, and they were kind of like, no, not really. He was in the yakuza. He was just yeah ticked off about his car. We are in no way affiliated with this act. Yeah, yeah. so I'm sure that they wish they would have fixed his car at that point. I wonder what kind of car it was. It was yeah. just like an Accord. Yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> It was probably not a Chevy or a Ford. That's my my guess. Um, Sometimes these guys segue into real work, legal work, invest in the stock market in semi-legitimate ways. Yeah, you can. I mean, uh, you can do it uh, legitimately. Like you can just take your your illegal winnings and invest in the stock market. Or you can be like, "Um, I think this company could make more money under my personal direction. Yeah. Buy some stock. Get some dirt on some of the board of directors. and um, Or make it up. Right. Yeah. And then send some of your underlings to a board meeting and be like, oh, we would hate so much for these pictures of you with your mistress to get out. Um, so I think now our, our boss, the uh, Koban? Yeah. Is Ko- now Koyabun. Koyabun. What is, where's that Y? Why won't I get that Y in there? I don't know. 
uh, our, our Koyoban is now the, the head of the board of directors of this company. So um, in pop culture, yeah. Yakuza is huge in the um, – did I say huge? Yeah, I think there was an H. It's weird. It's huge. It's crazy. You need my missing Ys. <laughs> I guess so. That's what happened. Um, huge on the small and big screen. Like if you think mafia movies are big here, <clears throat> it ain't nothing like the Yakuza. Right, and they're very much idealized over there. Oh, I'm <clears throat> sure. Like even more so than we, we do the Italian mafia here in our movies. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I looked up lists of the best ones, and it's sort of, you know, obviously if you're doing uh, a opinion list like that, it's going to range. But one I saw consistently listed as, like, the best is a five-part series called Battles Without Honor in Humanity. And I want to check this out. It's supposed to be amazing. I'm writing it down. Uh, they compared it to the Godfather trilogy. Nice. Um, I imagine they mean one and two only, <laughs> unless... The third one of this one starred the director's daughter, who was a lousy actor. And Andy Garcia. But happened to be a great director. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty good. Um, Andy Garcia I liked, though. Yeah, I know. It's just it was weird to see him in that. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what, what's another one? Um, well, that's that's the one I had at number one, so I didn't like list them all out because everyone had their own opinion. I'm going to search that one out. All right. As far as the West goes, Black Rain, that was a good Yakuza movie. Okay, I was trying to think of one. I, my first thought, like an idiot, was Big Trouble in Little China, and then I thought, wait a minute, that's China. What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> but um, and I couldn't think of any Yakuza. Black Rain, of course. Yeah, that's the only one I can think of. Yeah, unless if you suspect, as I do, that uh, Mr. Nakatomi was involved in the Yakuza and Die Hard, but that's kind of like a sub 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 plot, a side bet, if you will. Yeah, I just remember. I don't remember much about Black Rain. I just remember lots of motorcycles. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Yep. And raining. <laughs> it was raining. Black. Um, so I guess you already mentioned Kazu uh, Teoka. I know. It's hard, isn't it? It is. He's not even my favorite, though, and, and neither is Fumiko. Well, who is then? Uh, Yoshio Kodama. Okay. And I guess we're just touching on uh, the fact that they do get involved in politics a little bit. Well, this guy got involved in politics a lot. Yes. Um, he was a uh, war criminal. During World War II, he was dealing with China and um, was imprisoned. And then after the war, um, the occupying American forces freed him. Because I guess if you were an enemy of the Japanese state, you were an ally to the U.S. Yes. And he actually kind of proved to be an ally. He made contacts with the CIA and deals with them and basically consolidated power using the CIA and the occupying military. Not too bad. No. And he had made most of his connections in prison, right? Yeah, but I think also he had a pretty extensive smuggling network um, to basically get materials from China to Japan to sell them at grossly inflated prices. Um, and if you have an, a smuggling network, you have pretty much by proxy an espionage network. So this guy had like his own little yeah. intelligence military wow. going under his wing. Yeah, and like Al Capone, he was finally brought up on like financial uh, charges. Right. But died, I think, right before he, uh, yeah, before he could stand trial. Right, but before he died, he had a lot of power and a lot of political influence, and he used it. He was a right-wing nationalist, um, and apparently the yakuza goes through bouts or periods, or certain clans are known to be very nationalistic. Right, um, which is kind of weird because that flies in the face of like Korean membership. But I wonder if some clans like don't have Korean members, the nationalist ones. Oh yeah, I yeah. imagine so. Which is weird. Um, so Japan these days, uh, they say their tolerance is pretty low, 
Um, and in 1992, they passed um, what, remember we talked about the RICO law mm-hmm. in the, um, I guess it was the Mafia podcast. And basically it beefed up a lot of the penalties um, for crimes uh, conducted as Yakuza. Yeah. Um, you know, more jail time, that kind of thing. Well, one of the hallmarks of the RICO Act is the higher-ups can be held accountable for the crimes committed yeah. by the guys further down the ladder. And uh, apparently Japan has a, that similar clause or statute. So I guess the various Oyaban <clears throat> would be responsible for whatever the uh, underlings did. For whatever the Koban did. <laughs> yes, very nice. <laughs> um, but apparently that act worked in a way and didn't work in a way because uh, some say it caused some of the clans to restructure and move into different areas where they overlapped with other clans for the first time, mm-hmm. caused some turf wars yeah. or bloodshed. Yeah. And um, so it made it harder for police to, like, you know, get good information because all of a sudden it was kind of thrown into turmoil. Yeah. And it, apparently it's had very little effect on their income because I think, like, 2004, the Yakuza as a whole made an estimated, like, $13 billion dollars. Revenue, wow. according to Japan Times, that's a lot of yen. That's a, it's a. Let's see. I think it's a trillion and a half yen. Wow, that's more than a fistful. Uh, oh, very nice. A little Clint Eastwood reference. That was a Jerry Zucker. Fistful of yen from Kentucky Fried Movie. Oh, that's right. Well, which was a Clint Eastwood reference. Right. Okay. Um, Clint Eastwood in his invis- invisible Obama what chair. What was that, <laughs> man? Yeah. That's I guess there's really not a lot you can say other than politics is getting pretty surreal <laughs> here in the U.S. Yeah, it's performance art. It is. Uh, and I guess we can wrap up with um, the tattoos that they wear. Very interesting stuff, man. Have you seen this? I have. They're usually full body, like multicolored. It's sitting here torso, but I saw nakedness, yeah. like every square inch covered. Really, did you? Or, you know, they showed people from the rear, at least. Yeah, wearing the diapers. Uh, well, no, these people... They were just totally naked? Bare bottom. Do you see these guys? Yeah. Um, when uh, I was in Japan with Yumi, um, th- they have uh, little baths, and one of the rules of the baths is, like, if you have tattoos, you can't come in. Oh, really? Because like, any tattoos? Want... I was a little worried, but I think they figured that since I was obviously American, <laughs> and, and I just have, like, one, <laughs> two, maybe... Yeah. Um, they they uh, were like, I think you're okay. Two maybe, like you don't know how many tattoos you have. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, if, you, if you have tattoos, they can't ask you to leave. Yeah. And the whole reason is they, they don't want trouble. Sure. It's not like the professional wrestling venues where they just know that it's Yakuza owned and controlled. Yeah, I don't think we mentioned that. That's one of the sectors of legitimate business that Yakuza often get involved in is pro, yeah. pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. Hmm. Got anything else on that? Nope. All right. That's Yakuza. Ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a Yakuza <laughs> guy. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. 
Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you want to learn more about Yakuza and see some of these uh, tattoo photos that uh, Chuck's talking about, and this may be the only article on the site that has a photo of Jet Li. Is he in there? Yeah, right there. What does it say? What's the caption? Jet Li is rogue in the film War, which focuses on Asian organized crime. Interesting. That is one heck of a caption. <laughs> if you want to see that caption for yourself, you can type the word Yakuza, Y-A-K-U-Z-A, in the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Uh, and since I said handy search bar, you know what time it is. For reals, it's listener mail. Um, Josh, I'm going to call this uh, <clears throat> video blog I'm trying to plug, but I don't have the name of it. Oh, well, that's rough. But it's from the past, and I like these. <laughs> what? You know, well, I'll explain. Okay. Uh, hey, Stuff You Should Know team, I've <clears throat> tagged along with you through four years' worth of uh, SYSK. But have not yet caught up to the most current editions. I am writing you from the dawn of 2011. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, Is this just an old email then? No, that was okay. new. Um, in the past, I have seen the rise and fall of haiku theater. Yeah. Appropriately. Uh, celebrated when Josh quit smoking. Yeah. Which is, it's been a while now. Yeah. Two plus years. I don't even remember smoky Josh now. I know, it's nice. Yeah, it's like a whole different thing. Now I'm like judgmental at other smokers, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> As it should be. Uh, and I've wondered what the W stands for in Charles W. Chucker's Chuck Bryant. Uh, more recently, Chuck has periodically replaced listener mail with the relatively new Facebook questions, but he points out that, again, he's behind the times a bit. Mm-hmm. It's been around. Yeah. Uh, Jerry is as enigmatic as ever, mm-hmm. having never actually spoken on air. Not true. And Josh has run a commendable yet untimely, I'm sorry, ultimately failed campaign at abolishing Handy from the Handy search bar. Yeah, I just kind of gave into that. That was a phase. Yeah. But perhaps the Josh, Chuck, and Jerry I write to now are quite different. I won't know until I've caught up to the present or future, depending on whether you're reading this from your perspective or mine. We're different. We're aged. Yes, we are. My beard has gotten noticeably grayer. I'm sagging. I needed to write you now instead of waiting until I've caught up, though, because I just started a video blog. Uh, I need to give credit where credit is due. I feel like I've gotten to know the gang fairly well, somewhat us, Uh over the course of 250 podcasts. Uh, it is this kind of relationship that I'm hoping to build with my audience. 250 podcasts? He's way behind. He's got 200 to catch up on. Um, you've been an inspiration for me, and I hope to form the same kind of connection with an audience through my video blog. Or vlog. Or vlog. Uh, more importantly, I need to thank you guys for all you do, providing something that is real, uh, entertaining, informative, and that has brought me back for all these episodes. So thank you for the inspiration. Uh, you're a fan from the past, present, and future, uh, Nate Veldhoff. And I tried to plug Nate's vlog, but he didn't mention it. So, Nate, first rule of thumb is to pass along the name of your vlog when writing right. people that can get the name of it. This isn't Fight Club. I even tried to look it up, and I couldn't find it. So, Nate, if you want to write in, we'll post it on Facebook. Yes, and we'll even tweet it. 
Agreed. Okay, and speaking of Facebook and Twitter, you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stuffyoushouldknow. You can join us on Twitter. Our handle is the very clumsy S-Y-S-K podcast. All one word. Yeah. You'll never find it if you're just searching for us. But it's S-Y-S-K podcast. Uh, you can also send us an email to stuffpodcast at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. In Puerto Rico, there's adventure around every corner and natural treasures waiting to be explored, like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. Get swept away by natural beauty and come away with unique stories that could only be experienced in Puerto Rico and that remind you why you travel in the first place. Visits end, but stories last forever. You don't become a part of the island, it becomes a part of you. No passports required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.